Welcome to the Compassion Parenting Podcast, helping moms to love wisely and well. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Wild, integrative pediatrician and mom of eight sons who continually challenge and teach me. Over the years, I've learned that rather than outward technique, it's the internal landscape of the heart that affects parenting more than anything else. Mothering is about being, not just doing. You have everything you need within you to become the parent you want to be. So let's bring it out. Hello and welcome. Today we have Nellie Hardin who's joining us for the podcast. She is a life and leadership coach and has a background in biology and psychology. She's a wife and mom to four daughters and she has created this 6570 project and map to maturity which helps parents prepare their daughters for adulthood and being successful adults so welcome nelly thank you so much for having me on the show this is wonderful well i was really drawn to your 6570 family project because i feel like it really helps parents savor the experience of parenthood. So could you tell us a little bit about that project? Yeah, absolutely. So we went through about two and a half years of infertility, and then we had four kids in four years. And so we really, you know, swung from one side of the pendulum to the other. And um, my dad passed away when I was only one. um, And then we uh, circle up to 2010. It was actually 2008. My husband goes into ICU for the first time with cardiac issues. He was in his early, early thirties. And uh, we only had three kids at the time. I didn't know it, but I was pregnant with number four. And we went through about two years then of, um, of cardiac issues and, and things happening at home and tests and procedures and all of this stuff. And it's very eye opening to be in a waiting room at the cardiologist when, you know, you and your husband are 31 and everyone else there is, you know, 81 or 71, you know? Yes. And so, um, anyway, he ended up having to have heart surgery in April of 2010. So at that point it was, you know, he's in surgery. It was an experimental surgery at that point. We weren't sure it was our last ditch effort. No medications were going to work. And I had four kids, four and under in a waiting room. And I'm just looking at him. I'm like, oh my goodness. No. You know, I just was like, no, this is not happening, you know? And, um, he's okay. He's good. He's here today. Uh, so, you know, spoiler alert, but, um, anyway, five weeks after that surgery. So he's obviously still in recovery. Um, uh, so I have four daughters and the middle two are twins. And so, um, that's how I I was able to have the four and four years, but anyway, uh, one of the twins who was two, um, she actually had a drowning incident and we almost lost her and I had to bring her back with CPR and, um, she was, she was absolutely gone. And then she wasn't gone and she was Mm -hmm. here. And, all, all of that, those, you know, those five weeks for sure, but also those two years, and then also culminated with the the years of infertility and everything, you know, we had been through a lot and it just really opened our eyes to being very, very, very intentional with our time. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Yeah. Interesting how some of these really 
difficult and tragic experience really kind of shake us mm. and they open our eyes to the importance of cherishing every moment and i i lost my father when i was young as well mm. and i think that that changed my experience forever about yeah. really recognizing the fleetingness of relationships and um not that the relationship is fleeting but that the actual physical presence of a person can be fleeting and um so i think one thing this can bring up is this desire to really savor every moment um i think it could come from a place of fear and anxiety but how do we balance you know perhaps you know this awareness of the fleetingness of things without getting in that anxious state and also you know you have counted the number 6520 and maybe you can tell us exactly what that means um but it's measuring it's measuring i i'm guessing that it's measuring the time that we share in some way and and sometimes moms can feel overwhelmed too when they acknowledge like it's finite oh no but it's it there's this many xyz like of making dinner changing diapers da da da, da you mm. know left still and so it can be like a test of endurance right right so, yeah. So, um, the 65, 70, it's all about, that's how many days we have in 18 years. So it makes us really look at each day as being very intentional with that day. Now you're absolutely right. It is a double-edged sword to have this reality of, uh, this is all the time I have. Right. And you get this carpe diem, um, type sense, uh, mentality, but the, the bad side of that coin uh, so to speak, is that you see every day and you're like, I have to be good. I have to, you know, I have to uh, enjoy every minute. I have to um, love the screaming that's in my face because it's not going to be here all the time. I have to love the messes that are everywhere because they're not going to be here all the time. Right. And that's not the case at all. And that's, you know, kind of uh, part of what I teach in the 6570 platform and our private um, parenting group, because it's being intentional about that time, but also understanding that this is a parenting journey as much as it's a childhood journey, right? And so, and it's a dance between the two. And so you need to be able to take time for yourself. You need to be able to know yourself and have that, um, that emotional health for yourself so you can show up and have and teach your kids how to have emotional health too, right? Mm-hmm. Not every day is going to be great. In fact, you know, that that stress of a day being great. I cannot think of a whole day, a full 24 hour day in my entire life that everything has been roses, right? There's there's moments, there's moments. Mm -hmm. And you want to remember those moments and even think back in your memory, like there is no 24 hour day that you're like, I remember every moment of that day. It's just not the way that our brains work. And it's not the way life works either. Mm -hmm. So embracing the 
the difficult times, embracing the challenges. And I mean, I work with, you know, parents of teen young women that are nine to 18. There's a lot of difficult moments in there. A lot of drama. A lot of of drama. There's a lot of awkwardness. There is a lot of really challenging, you know, dig your heels in and we're all going to be okay. And um, we're going to get through this. Right. And so really acknowledging and embracing those challenging moments. And instead of, you know, living in the, in the shoulds, you know, I should love this. I should do this. I should do that. Instead of living in the shoulds, we write your unique story. We help you write your unique parenting path so that you can be the expert on your child. I'm not the expert on your child and no one else is either. And so I want you to be the expert on your child. And that takes getting to know them, them getting to know you in a, in a way that no one else does. Right. And so, um, it really is this beautiful transformation that can happen, but taking that pressure off of, I have to love every day. In fact, there was, I don't, uh, if you watch Instagram, there's this, uh, latest trend, I guess, uh, that went around. And it, anyway, it was that, uh, that TikTok that was like the first four years. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, these first four years, zero to four, um, with your children, they never happen again. You have to embrace every moment and, um, you will miss it and all of these things. And then, so there's this huge wave of that. And then there was this huge anti wave of that, that came through where people were downplaying that and saying, these four, first four years are, you know, terrible and awful for some people. They're so, so hard. They, you're exhausted. A lot of times you don't remember because you're sleep deprived and all of that. So don't put the pressure on yourself. And I'm just saying that there's, there's a middle ground there. Like you, there's absolutely a middle ground, cherish it, love it, embrace the challenges, understand that you will, you will fall down and it's okay because that's part of life and we lift ourselves up and, and we rise up and we're better. And, um, so it's, it's really a middle ground in there. I love how you talk about moments and it reminds me of a section of my book that my first book that I wrote where I talk about we really experience joy in moments mm. in parenting, yeah. but we also experience the struggles in moments. And so it's to acknowledge that things are fleeting can be a really comforting thing when things are really hard because you're like, okay, this wave will pass. And yet this, this wave of joy will also pass. So let me really embrace it and, yeah. and claim it. So I remember at one time, I was just for for curiosity, um, I was doing a little math and I think measuring like saying 6570 or, you know, measuring the times that we have or you, we've heard of people quantifying like 18 summers of childhood. Mm-hmm. I think that, that can be really helpful. Um, I remember I was reading this parenting book and the author was saying about how she realized one day that she had to cook X number of dinners before her kids would be grown and it made her so overwhelmed. Mm. But when I read that, it made me feel like, oh, there are really a set amount of dinners? You know, because it just had kind of skipped my awareness. Um, that, That kind of prompted me to do some math. And I think sometimes when we do the math, we also can give ourselves some immense credit for Mm -hmm. what we are accomplishing because as I thought about my parenting journey, um, so I have eight sons, 
Right now they range from age six to 22. And I calculated that I had spent 120,000 waking hours in active parenting. Mm. And, you know, according to these ideas of, you know, how you become an expert at something, <laughs> I guess, you know, parenting is really a learning process. Oh, and, yes. And, um, and I thought, okay, how many diapers have I changed? And I thought I've, I've changed almost 10,000 diapers. And how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches have I made? And it was like 8,000, you know, I'm actually very sick of peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> and I think my kids are too, like my adult son came back and we were going on a road trip and I was making some sandwiches for everyone. And, and he was like, no, no, please. I, I don't need peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> We overdid that one, but um, so I'd love to hear from you some concrete advice about how do we stay connected and appreciative moment to moment. Yeah, it really is just taking it moment to moment and understanding. So uh, I think a good example is the other day, one of my daughters, she was downstairs, um, she's 14 and uh, she was having a hard time. She was having a hard, a hard time with her math assignment. And so then she was letting that be reflected on everything else. Right. And so I come downstairs and I'm gathering my breakfast and I'm like, Hey, and she's like, Oh, this is just a really hard day. And I was, it was like 9am. And I was like, what do you mean? It's a really hard day. I was like, it's a gorgeous day. And it's just beginning. She's like, Oh, but math and all of this. And I was like, okay, so math was hard. And I acknowledge that you acknowledge that, like, let's, let's sit in that. And we will work on that. Like we will work on that together. We always do. If you have, you know, if you have some struggle and that's fine. Mm -hmm. I was like, but your sister that came down, she had nothing to do with math. Right. And so you could talk to her. I came down. I have nothing to do with math. The sun is out. Right. Yeah. And so it's really, you know, compartmentalizing the challenges to be just in the challenges and not letting them ooze all over everything else. Mm -hmm. And it helps bring so much more clarity to things. And that that really is uh, there's so many different ways to do that. But that really is such a great and practical idea to, uh, to keep in mind is let me bring clarity to the challenge. Right. So even when people are, uh, they're getting up and they're having a lot of emotions that day, or, you know, they just have a lot of anxiety and it's this big cloud that they're living in. It's, they can't grasp anything. They feel like they're, you know, kind of floating out in the middle of the ocean. They're vulnerable and not the greatest ways. Um, and so bringing clarity and that might mean journaling, right? Just get out a piece of paper. You don't have to even write sentences, just purge, right? Yeah. Just get it out there and bring some formation to the cloud and, and condense it down. And maybe it all turns out to be one word. And then you have some clarity and you can actually think about what that one word is and what you're going to do with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're having an argument, uh, or a challenge with one of your kids or a spouse, you know, and it's just, it's getting to a point that you're both saying things that you don't even know what you're saying. Yeah. Or, or you're just saying things to say things so you can, you know, have a comeback or whatever. Um, just, you know, press the pause button, 
go write a letter. And we do that a lot in our, in our home. We write letters to one another. Um, if we need to bring clarity to a situation, because when you're writing a letter, it's a lot more clarifying than when you're trying to think spur of the moment. And you're thinking of what they're saying. You're also thinking you're not listening to what they're saying. You're just, uh, thinking about what the words are and because you're thinking about what you're going to say. Right. So it, it gets really jumbled up. So bringing clarity, any ways that we can bring, and we really teach this in map to maturity, but bringing clarity to the situations, it helps so, so, so much. I love that. The idea of compartmentalization and clarity. Thank you so much for those ideas. Um, so I think that, you know, as I think of quantifying parenthood and um, there's also this reality that parenthood continues like mm-hmm. indefinitely that it that it actually you know in some ways it's this false sense that it ends somehow and I've been able right. to kind of get on that other side as my son you know went off to college and um, then you know is like done with college and comes back and calls me sometimes and says, what do you think, mom? And I, you know, it definitely is different, but Mm -hmm. I think that can also kind of help alleviate this sense of pressure that, you know, as we see that our parenting role really goes on and on. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to an essay I wrote called meeting them at the bottom of the slide. And um, it, that, it came from a conversation I had with my oldest son because he, you know, I was, I was telling him, you know, I'm feeling this sense of, of kind of angst because it's like, I feel like this beautiful mess that I've created is unraveling. Like people are leaving, mm-hmm. people are, and I don't know how to gather it back. And um, I just... I remember when you were little and I could just be there at the bottom of the slide to catch you. And, and now you're having all these experiences that I'm not a part of. And it's hard for me to acknowledge that, but yet I want you to have those experiences that are not ones that I'm always having to be wrapped up in. You know, I want you to go off and experience life. And, and, and he basically said to me like, you know, those times that you came for my recital and those times that you, you know, did this and that, you were meeting me at the bottom of the slide. That's how, mm-hmm. you know, it continues. And, and there are ways that you do that for me as an adult. And, um, and I really love that because I think that image of being there to catch your child at the bottom of the slide, it captures an idea of cherishing and um, really being there at the pivotal moment. Yeah. No. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Parenting never stops ever. And um, so when I talk with uh, parenting, I'm, uh, there's really the first eight years, which are, you know, kind of one kind of parenting and it's all a, a scale, right? It's not like a door closes and you open another one. It's all this like sliding a, spectrum, right? Continuum, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there's the, 
first eight years and then there's the second eight years and then you have another you know massive transition into them into their um adulthood and so but during that second eight years it really is preparing them in order to go out into the adult world while also embracing and cherishing you know the moments that you can but also uh, our biggest role is teaching them, right? So my first uh, career was actually in the animal uh, world. So I have uh, degrees in biology, psychology, and I worked in animal behavior um, for the first eight, eight years of my life. And I worked out in the wild for the first part of that. And I worked in captivity, um, uh, the second part. So my point being that observing and going through and looking at behavior and child rearing from an animalistic side uh, uh, point of view was really interesting because you really get the very raw sense, the you know, of what parenthood, quote unquote, is and what child rearing is. And then when I moved into the much more complex and messier world of humanity, um, <laughs> Uh, like 12 years ago, then you really start, it's all these layers on top of that. But when you strip off, you know, some of the complexity and everything of the human experience, the raw, the raw look at the parenthood childhood dynamic, it is to prepare them for their life, right? That is, that is our job um, as parents is to uh, have these children and prepare them for life. But again, we have, you know, so many complexities with our emotions, our mental capabilities, our systems that we have established in the world, um, our cultures we have established in the world. And those are layers upon layers upon layers of complexity. And, but when we really, you know, uh, dumb it down, so to speak, or, or get to the bottom of it, that's what we're doing. And so, having this second part of childhood as establishing that love and belonging, that esteem, which is, you know, value and appreciation of yourself and, and, um, really getting to that pinnacle of, I am confident. I believe in myself, right? I respect myself. I respect the people I'm with. I know how to have a conversation with another person. Yeah. I know how to get my ideas out. I think one of the greatest travesties that can ever happen to your child is if they have these beautiful, brilliant ideas that can help the world or just help the person sitting next to them. And they don't have the, have the capabilities of sharing that, right? Because yeah. They don't believe in themselves enough. They don't, uh, you know, value themselves or their ideas enough, or they don't have the communication skills enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And everybody has such a, a valuable gift to give this world. And so we're just helping them prepare, especially, you know, young women helping them prepare in order to do that. And that's where the dichotomy of men. And so I'm interested to actually, you know, you having um, all sons and with uh, me having all girls, uh, all daughters. And so men and women's brains are are very different. And that's why I, I went into um, studying and working with uh, women not so long ago or uh, parents with daughters because that compartmentalizing we talked about is much, much, much harder for women than it is 
for young men. Men's brains tend to compartmentalize naturally and women's brains, we have 9,000 boxes open at the same time. And we are just rustling through them. Like we're trying to find, you know, that one uh, sock on a Sunday morning or something, you know, everything (laughs) is flying everywhere. And so we need to be a little bit more, which is a superpower of ours. Um, Yes, it's definitely, definitely a superpower, but like everything, there's this dichotomy. And so, um, you know, the, the other side of that is we need to discipline and and teach and, uh, teach ourselves how to actively and proactively use that to our advantage instead of just letting it be this ominous, um, you know, uh, thing that can hold us back. So anyway, so please tell us, um, some of your wonderful wisdom related to raising daughters, you know, what, if you could choose a few main thoughts for parents of daughters, please share. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with, with daughters, especially going along with what I was just saying, um, power struggles are huge, right? Mm -hmm. Um, with young women and young women starting, starting at nine, 10, you know, their bodies start changing earlier than men's bodies start changing. And it gives, uh, it can add to this. Um, I'm going to gain independence early because I am starting to become somebody else, right? It's overtly, um, obvious yeah. that they are becoming something else more than more so than young men, um, at that age. And so when that power struggles start earlier and they start stronger, you know, with young women. And so really helping them understand that I don't want to argue with you, right? I am not here to argue with you. We are a team. I am the captain as a parent, but you are a team member of mine. We are a family. And so I know you want to pull on this rope in this tug of war that we're doing, but we're going to, we're going to put the rope down. We're going to sit here and we're just going to talk about this. And so many times you have to get behind their behavior. They're having this behavior on the, on the front side, right? But there is an entire mind cycle that is happening behind that behavior. And you need to be able to get behind that to see, okay, what decisions led to this? What feelings led to that? What thoughts led to that? And when you can get into her mind cycle, which is, um, I have a, uh, I have a workshop that I do called, um, ignite her joy. And it's all about this mind cycle. It's, it's Mm. totally free. I love it. Um, but anyway, so you get behind the behavior to look at what's happening in this mind cycle. You find out what filters she has going on in this mind cycle. A lot of times there are filters like, um, I do this, um, uh, depending on uh, who's around, right? Well, that's a really dangerous filter because then you become a chameleon, right? You become so, which is a huge problem with our young women today, right? I am one person around these group of people. I'm another person around these group of people. And then they told their identity that they are developing during the second half of childhood mm-hmm. just is like a melted jello on the sidewalk on a sunny day. Right. And so <laughs> they don't know, they don't know who they are, mm-hmm. be, which who you are is not something that is, you know, found. It is something that is built. I always, you know, um, I, I was doing training, I don't know, maybe about eight years ago. And 
uh, they were really talking about that. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you don't go find yourself. It's not like you're like one flower in the middle of a sunflower field. And you're like, which one is me? I'm going to go find myself. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you're building who you are along the way. You're getting to know yourself. You're getting to know your quirk your uniqueness, and then you're building off of those strengths that you have. Right. And so anyway, yeah, power struggles are a big one, um, for young women and parents and just put down the rope, pull up a chair and talk and just ask a lot of why. So, and not like, I mean, 90% of what we say is not our words. It's our tone. It's our body language. Right. Right. And so when you say, you know, like, it's not like, why did you do this? Right. It's so can you tell me a little bit more about this? I'm really curious. Can you tell me why you made this decision? Right. Mm -hmm. And just being on their eye level, you don't need to hover above them. We're not authoritarian um, because we're teaching them how to relate to people. And so if we're trying to dominate over them and being like, why did you do this? Everything is wrong. You know, you're terrible and you're locked in your room for the next five weeks or whatever. And then they're, they're like, oh, so that's how I deal with someone that is not listening to me. And then you see it, you see it, uh, them doing it to their sibling the next day. And you're like, that's terrible. Don't do that. And you're like, oh, wait, that was what I did yesterday. Oops. And, um, so yeah, power struggles are big, but just, um, yeah, sit down and, and learn how to communicate. And that's really a, we, uh, practice uh, learning based communication and map to maturity. And it really is the pinnacle of getting to know them, them getting to know you and being able to have conversations and actually get somewhere with them, not just huffs and puffs and frustrations. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love the idea of, you know, really kind of finding what's behind behavior and, um, the idea that our job is to prepare our children. And I think that that helps us balance, um, our, you know, and, and let go of a sense of clinging and over controlling or, um, having maladaptive um, quantification of, you know, this is ending, this is, you know, this is fleeting, but, but doing it in a very proactive and um, embracing celebratory way. So, so I love that. So please tell us where our listeners can find you and your workshops and the work that you do. Yeah. So I like to keep it super simple. So everything is on my website and that is just nellyharden.com. You'll also find me on uh, Instagram. And then I have a private parents group called the family architects club. I call parents architects because we are building the beginning of someone else's life. And, um, so that is also on there, but everything you can find, um, you can, uh, get to me in all my different places. You can get there from my website, including the, um, parenting workshop and the sign up for the next one. Um, and then also my map to maturity work is also on there. So you can find everything there. Thank you. I will put a link to that in the show notes. And it's been delightful to speak with you. Thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been a great conversation. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Compassion Parenting Podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What resonated with you? What questions came up? 
Let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Compassion Parenting or within my free Facebook group, Parenting Well, Raising Compassionate and Productive Humans. Links are in the show notes. If you've gained insight from the time we've shared today, leave a review and subscribe. There's a quick how-to in the show notes. Have a blessed week. May you love yourself, your family, and the world wisely and well.